welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. That's what we're talking about this month, is we are talking about the awakened heart. The awakened heart and how this is an expression, truly, of one who is living their life out loud. And how it's necessary, it's necessary to let your love out loud if you're going to be living out loud. You know, we've been talking all this year about that, about letting what is within us, our authentic, essential self, to, to let it be seen and to be heard, where we are speaking and standing in our truth, where we are passionately living our purpose out loud, where we're living authentically and living with curiosity and where we're interested And this month, we're continuing that. We've, up, throughout this year, we've been exploring all of this inner work and space that we need to make in order for uh, to let it out. And then there is, we're contemplating and exploring this month about, oh, okay, what do you do when you let it out? Because as we know, not every, we're not everybody's cup of tea. Do, do you know that about yourself? I know that about me. I've had plenty of experience, plenty of experience and feedback, and, and people share with me how or what they think of me. But you may not have that experience. So let me give you a little word. As you let your light out, as you step out there and be your authentic self, there might be some who want to tell you how you should be how to behave properly. But yes, we're here to live without apology, unless an apology's due. But as far as our life, that we're not from a space of, of waiting for permission to let ourselves express. And that goes the same as love. Life and love, this is, these are the same thing. Love is that which points the way. Love is that urge and an impulse in nature, within us, that is seeking to be, to be expressed, to let out, to its curiosity, to, to see what happens. It is life itself. Life and love are interchangeable. And so when we're talking about living out loud, we're talking about loving out loud. Letting love be seen, be heard, be witnessed, be experienced. Just the same way as us living, that's what we're talking about. So live out loud, love out loud. Same difference. And love out loud, another way of saying it is love in action or compassion. Compassion is love that is in action. 
And it's an absolute necessity for us to be compassionate and express that if we're going to be who we've come here to be. You know, we began our discussion around compassion last week by, by just exploring the concept itself and, and examining how compassion, compassion is our nature. It's our nature. We are wired to be compassionate until it's nurtured out of us. Until we have been conditioned to repress that nature. You know, stay in your own lane, right? It's not your business. It's a dog-eat-dog world, but you know, I mean, everyone is trying to get along. Survival of the fittest. They better keep up if they're going to make it. I use the description of, and I'm using this this month, the um, a description or definition of compassion. Compassion is the heartbeat of our shared humanity that moves us to see, feel, and respond to the suffering of ourselves and others with fierce care. And so as compassion, that which is within us, this love that is here, ready, it's able, it is, it's an, it is looking and listening for, in its connection to others, to empathize and to sense and feel what the other is feeling. And if we detect suffering, compassion is that which moves us to mitigate that suffering, the, the, the impulse or the desire to do something about it. And so as we are cultivating an awareness around the importance or the necessity of compassion, it's just as important to cultivate an awareness that we that humanity is a shared experience, that we're not alone in this. When we begin to get clear within ourselves that they are like me and I am like them, that we are more alike than we are different, then it opens me up to be able to, to, it renews my vision and my hearing and my, it opens my hands to, to actually listen and to see and to hear what's going on within the other. If they're like me, if we're truly sharing this planet and this space together, and when, when I know that I, they are like me and I am like them and we are one, we are sharing this experience together, then I can know, I can know that I'm not alone. Because many times it can feel like we're alone. In the dark, we might feel alone. When there is suffering, we may feel alone. But when we are practicing an awareness and compassion is a means to do that, that I'm not alone, that we're in this thing together, then I can. The dark doesn't seem as dark. Compassion can serve as a lighthouse, guiding us collectively as one. So last week was our setup for this, into what we're talking about today. Today we're examining a little closer of what makes up this shared humanity, so that we are certain we're certain that we're not alone, that we are here to do this. 
and to address those things. And, and as we're expanding our understanding of what shared humanity means, then, then what is our part? What is our part? Where are we in this? And in this shared humanity, and what we're going to start with today, and, and then next week it will unfold. Today, we are starting our exploration of shared humanity as it relates to ourself. As it relates to ourself. And then next week, we will talk about that compassion, taking it out and extending it beyond and even further beyond. But there's a profound truth that I think sometimes we may forget. And it's already up there, but you can't, you can't give what you don't have. We can't give what we do not have. Would you agree with this? Would you agree with that? You can't give what you don't have. I mean, I know this makes sense. I mean, of course, if you don't have it to give, well, then how could you give it? But, you know, there are many places and situations in life, and, and we've witnessed that we might even have had their own experience ourselves where we overgive. We might overgive of our energy or of our, or of our time, our presence. And in that overgiving, and how many of you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because, but I know this is a shared human experience. I'm not alone. We're more alike than different. So I'll speak from my experience. If I give what I don't have to give, compassion is not what I'm going to feel. No. I might feel some other feelings. And I might make you responsible that I'm giving what I don't have. I might have resentment and anger, frustration. Or how about when we, when we witness people spending what they don't have? You see, while we may think that this truth, this principle, of course, it's common sense. I, Holmes, I think, has said, you know, I think those two, it, there's not enough of it and it's not so common or something to that effect, common sense. Yeah, it's not that common. If we don't have it, we can't give it. And so in our discussion around compassion, as it relates to the self, we need to, if we're, going to, if we're willing to give compassion to others, are we willing to give it to ourselves? And if we're not, how compassionate can we truly be? Self-compassion fortifies our reserves of empathy, of kindness and care. When we are practicing self-compassion and caring for the self, then we will, in that practice, be more able to be able to support others in their own experience. It gives us an emotional resilience that we can then share compassion beyond ourselves. But the truth is that in order for us to be compassionate, we must begin with ourselves. In order for our hearts and minds to be open, how do we know that they are if we're not even taking the time to be interested and to care for ourselves to know that? 
You know, visualize self-compassion like watering a garden. And I think it was in June that we talked about self-care. I believe June was our month of self-care. And I used the metaphor of, of a tending to a garden. So while a garden on its own, left to its own, the plants will do whatever, you know, whatever is available, use what's available to them, and they will live out there, their, like their genetic predisposition. <laughs> but when we nourish that garden, the garden thrives, and it grows. And self-compassion is like watering our own inner garden Intending to those areas that might feel dry and parched, that might need some nourishment, that might need some, some support, that might need some fierce care. And when we are doing that and giving that to ourselves, the seeds of compassion, not just for ourselves but for others, it begins to blossom and, bl and bloom. And we are then able to give from what we do have. That compassion. We can radiate it outwards to spread more love in the world. The starting point must be from within ourselves. Where is it coming from? Where is that love coming from if not through you? And so caring for ourselves, tending to this garden, then is actually opening the channel for it to flow but we must be willing to turn the spigot on for ourselves. I have a book up here. It's a wonderful book by Kristen Neff, Self-Compassion. It's a powerful book. Um, if, you know, I, I have a million books, and I, you know, so if, you ever, if you're ever short on something to read, ask me. I'll give you a list of something. But uh, this here, Self-Compassion, is a powerful book. And there's not a lot of books that are specific about self-compassion. And this was one of the first. She's written one in a sense. It's, I believe, the fierce compassion. Because compassion also doesn't mean, and we'll talk about that later this month, compassion also doesn't mean that you're, a, a, that you're just going to roll over and be a doormat. That's not what compassion is either. So we'll talk about those acts of compassion as we move through the month. But in her book, she shares how it is culture and society that is the, that where we receive these messages that nurture us right out of doing what is natural for us to be caring, to be kind, to be compassionate. We receive messages from society. We receive doctrine and dogma. We are given traditions, and this is how you're supposed to live. Our caregivers, the ones who cared for us, told us and how, from their experience how the world really works and what you need to know. Do you know a message that my mother gave me from her own experience? And this was, from, this was the best that she had to offer. This was her summary, her conclusion, was that everybody has an ulterior motive. Well, you know, if that's, your oper if that's your operating system, it's a little hard to be compassionate. Do you see how these messages might actually, if we have this type of, these types of thoughts and beliefs, that they might actually hinder us or nurture us right out of what is natural for us to do? To be compassionate and kind and care and want to make a difference? And so we receive these messages 
And the messages that we often receive tell us things like, oh, if you want to grow, if you want to move forward in life, then you need to, you need to, um, well, let's just say criticism is glorified in our culture. Don't do this. You should do that. We use such language to ourselves and others that is violent and that's harsh and critical. That this criticism, yes, how am I going to make any difference if I'm not beating myself up? How am I going to lose that ten, uh, those last 10 pounds? The relentless perfectionism that is, that is raised as a standard in society. Even emotional detachment. Mind your own business. Keep your head down. These constructs, these constructs, criticism, perfectionism, the, the detachment from what we're even feeling, not even allowing ourselves to feel. They shut us down. They shut us down. And you know, I want to ask is like, how is it working for us? This, the criticism and the perfectionism and the messages that, that society has given us, that how is that working out for us in building connection with one another or even feeling at peace within ourselves and the life that we're living? Criticism will shut you down. And this type of compassion that we're talking about, it's not indulgent, but it is really about, it is really, think about it from curiosity and interest Compassion, it lacks judgment. And that as far as that, that criticism that we can actually see and hear and listen. What am I feeling? What do I need? What do I want? Oh, you shouldn't be feeling that. Shut you down. Jack Cornfield, he wrote, if your compassion does not include, so I would, should have just referred to the slide you already saw. If compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. So does self-judgment, does it benefit us? Because that is what we're told in that criticism. You know, my mother, she was, um, bless her heart, and I don't mean that in the southern sort of way, you know, but I really mean bless her heart. You know that joke, don't you? Yeah, some of you will, especially if you're from the South. But in the South, sometimes someone can say, bless your heart, and that's not really what they mean. Oh, bless your heart, when you're sharing or you have something to say that I'm really not interested in, I'll let you know what I think of it by blessing you. But does self-judgment benefit us? Louise Hay, she said, you've been criticizing yourself for years, and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Now, when you hear that, try approving of yourself and see what happens. Is there any little flicker in you or any, um, well, I don't know. I'm just asking. I remember from Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. The first affirmation she offers is, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. Chapter one, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. And I remember when I read it and she said to look in the mirror and tell yourself that. I looked in the mirror and I looked myself in the eyes and I could not say it. It was there on, because there was this voice in my head that was saying, oh, well, how can you accept yourself exactly as you are? Do you really mean that? 
Science tells us that self-acceptance, that self-compassion and care, that it does a body good. It lowers anxiety. It lowers depression. It will boost immune function. It will also reduce inflammation. People who care about themselves and love themselves and accept themselves are more likely to be exercising and eating in ways that support them. And this is without having to beat yourself up over it. Oh, there you go again. Oh, why did you eat that? Some of you know what I'm talking about. By loosening the grip of perfectionism in our hearts, we actually initiate healing. Ruth Fischel, she talked about self-compassion and said it's a beautiful experience being with ourselves at a level of complete acceptance. When that begins to happen, when you give up resistance and needing to be perfect, a peace will come over you as you've never known. And you know why we haven't known it? It's because there's been a voice or voices in our head. They may sound like family, but whatever they sound like, those voices that have been keeping us with our nose to the grindstone and, and trying to do better and be better, oh, there is a peace that's available to us when we refuse to listen to those voices and say, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. When we move into the acceptance of ourselves and are able to see ourselves as we are, we will then stop judging. We'll stop judging ourselves. We will then actually be curious. We'll be interested. And, and we might even discover some needs some desires, some intentions that we weren't even aware of before that. You see, we're talking about living out loud this year, and we may think we know what is wanting to be expressed, but there's something even greater still. There's a greater love and a greater life that is available behind those voices of self-judgment and perfectionism and criticism. When we make space for ourselves, what we have for ourselves, we may be then able to give to another. What did we say? We can't give what we don't have. And if we're withholding care and love to ourselves, it's not possible to give it to another. Not really will realize in our own love of self, really, we will see more clearly into the shared humanity and, and realize that, that we are alike. We share some needs and even vulnerabilities. Everyone gets scared. Everyone gets angry. Everyone gets frustrated. All of that. All, we have a shared humanity here. And studies show that when we acknowledge that others are having a similar experience as ours, it makes our own challenge more bearable. So do you see, I mean, all of the efforting and the closed fists, you know, the message today is from open hands. All of, as far as the tightness and the constriction and the, 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 the criticalness 
the judgment. If we can just release it and give it up and love ourselves, there's an easier way. There's another way than what society has told us. Self-compassion opens our hearts. It provides, provides us with insight into our relationships. And here's the thing. Life is going to continually provide us opportunities to, to be compassionate. Not just for ourselves, but for others. We'll be talking about this month, but in our, our relationships with our family and our friends and our coworkers, but even beyond our walls and beyond those that we need, we are in a shared humanity. And there are opportunities, yes, that are absolutely available for us every day to stand with and stand up for those that are oppressed. We share a humanity and they are like me and I am like them and we're more alike than we are different. As I love myself, it's then that I'm able to actually be the change because I can then be the place where love shows up because love is really showing up. Compassion's not a destination, but it's a journey. And where do you, where you might, where might you think this journey begins? Of course, within ourselves. It ends with us too. Our entire experience is going on in our head, our spirits, our hearts, it's within. And so this journey to share love, to give kindness, to be compassionate, in order for us to give, that, we must have it. And so we must give it to ourselves first. You know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. It's implied. Actually, it's not implied. It's inferred. You love yourself, do we? Is there that peace, the acceptance? Or do we still hear the voices? It's a journey. We can begin today begin today to, to hear and notice and to witness those times that we may not be wishing well for ourselves, where we may not be knowing that if, um, peace and security for ourselves, because maybe we didn't show up a certain way, or, oh, why did you say that? As we begin to notice that and be gentle with ourselves, we will notice that it will begin to get easier and light. A real difference can be made with minor or small acts of compassion and kindness. A difference can be made, not just in the world, but even in our own experience. So let's make it a daily practice to cultivate our inner world and transform the seed of compassion into blossoming care for the world. However this love unfolds for you, it is you living out loud. And I know that's what we're here to do. And we're not here to do it alone because compassion binds us together. Community, humanity. Let us renew our intention and our desire to truly live out loud by loving out loud, by loving ourselves. Let's start today. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste.
We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.